0: Welcome everybody to the latest episode of Pick and Pod, WFUV Sports' number one podcast for all things NBA, basketball, and your home for the hottest basketball takes, the best basketball analysis You already know what we do here. I'm Chris Percianen, virtually alongside Will Grant and Joe Masters, my two guys here with me this morning, to break down the beginning of the NBA free agency period for 2023. It's Saturday, July 1st, about noon as we record, which means last night at 6 p.m. The window opened up, and right as we were about to get started on this episode, we were debating, do we talk about Fred Van Vliet first? Do we talk about what the Lakers did first? Do we talk about the Raptors and what they... We got our topic because Damian Lillard finally requested a trade from the Portland trailblazers. This is a pairing that has spent a lot of time together and has not accomplished much. This is the summer of those pairings breaking up. Joe knows well as he did his uh, special report for us for WFUV sports on Bradley Beal's departure from the Washington wizards. Now Damian Lillard exiting Portland. I want to say finally, Right. So how does this make you guys feel? Where do you think he goes? And and you know what? I'll make it easy for you guys because all the buzz is around Philadelphia and Miami.
1: I mean, I can I can take the the bull by the horns here. Thank God. I mean, geez, I, I I was talking with a friend literally last night. I was saying I was so tired of seeing the Chris Haynes tweets. Every offseason. Which was-
0: which teammate is getting voted off next on the next episode of Total Dame Island? I mean, yeah, just exactly. the absolute worst PR saga of the last decade. No one literally. likes
1: it. Yeah, literally. It was Dame maybe wants to leave. He's considering his future. And then you just know it's going to happen. Dame's going to stay. And then I just, with this news, it's shocking. And then just for me, like the timing of it is, is really, really interesting. It's not before the draft. It's not even during the draft. It's not even before free agency, it's like we're kind of full swing free agency here. After the first day, all the big signings have been made, and now he requests out after they give Jeremy Grant a huge contract. That was something I was ready to to talk about because I was saying the Blazers had no leverage in that situation because Jeremy Grant knew that the Dame wanted him back. And so they probably overpaid a little bit.
0: And they they overpaid a lot
1: overpaid. of it yeah yeah I, I, don't, I don't be too mean here but they did definitely it's did not it. mean
0: because i think there's this constant conflation of bad contract equals bad player that's not true right remember a couple of years back everyone thought chris paul was the worst contract in the nba four years later guys still kicking going to be playing on a contender this no, season so it's okay to call a contract bad it doesn't mean you're calling the player bad
1: no he's a great player i just you have to think i, I wonder if the blazers their management, I wonder if they're just like pissed, that not, not, I mean, they're going to accommodate Dame, but you have to think the timing of it that they would have preferred him make this decision maybe before the draft or even before moratorium period. Like, do you think that the contract with Jeremy Grant falls through? Cause it's not official. Do you think, how do you think this changes kind of like the whole structure of the team now is what I'm really wondering more so than where he's going to go.
0: Will, how are you feeling about this saga coming to an end? Where do you think, Lillard ends up between Miami and Philadelphia. Do you have a mystery third team that could surprise with an offer? Does Toronto finally make sense of their plans and come out and say, take Ananobi and Scotty Barnes and one first round pick and give us Lillard? What's what's going on, Will?
2: I I don't know exactly where he's going to end up. I can't tell the future. I'm not sure exactly how these trades will work out. Chris, I know you know this stuff a lot better than I do with all the assets teams have. But if I were to say right now, just judging off the bat from yesterday, the Heat got rid of Max Struess, Gabe Vincent um so I I think that that might they might be clearing up some room for uh Dame over there I've heard that a lot um I'm not exactly too sure if he's gonna buy into that type of system uh he seems like the guy he kind of reminds me of Shohei Otani in that way where he's just stuck on this team that's not really making the playoffs a lot but they they keep him there Mike Trout as well in that same kind of um uh conversation but It's, uh, it's, it's, it's been a long time coming and and I'm happy for the guy. I think Dame, uh, definitely deserves to be on a team that can, you know, compete for a championship, whether where he goes works out or not. Um, I think him just getting out of Portland and Portland kind of just refiguring everything after this whole muddy situation. Um, all power to Dame. And I'd like to see him in a Miami Heat jer- jersey. I'd like to see him in a Knicks jersey, um, but I just don't know if that Knicks situation is physically possible. Chris, is it? I, I'm i asking you as a fellow uh, huge Knicks fan. Obviously, you know more than I do. Is now, that a possibility?
0: I can tell you that it's no coincidence. Uh, the Heat moves you talked about, Miami seems to be the spot for Lillard. Um, And, Mm -hmm. you know, Portland, he gave Portland a lot of years of service, if you want to put Mm -hmm. it that way. They're going to repay him and send him where he wants to go. Uh, You know, you would think the package would be based around hero and and salary as, as well as future draft picks. Miami kind of slept on in the sense that, They do have future draft picks to offer in these kind of deals. They did not go all in on the core they currently have. Butler was a sign-and-trade. Adebayo was a draft pick of their own. So Mm -hmm. unlike a lot of these other star-studded teams that had to empty their coffers to acquire these stars, Miami has room for one more on the wagon there, and I think it will be Lillard that they get. I think this is what Maury was waiting on um, before he dealt James Harden. I've heard it's going to be the Clippers, Um, but I I don't know how involved Maury gets realistically. If Lillard doesn't want to go share the ball with Embiid, if he wants to go be part of what they're, what they have going on in Miami, it wouldn't surprise me. You know, Kevin Durant asked out from Brooklyn. He gave Phoenix and Miami, the number one seed in each conference as his two spots. Uh, I mean, it's the stuff, you know, makes itself up at this point. The stars just want to go where the other stars are, but they don't want to be seen as playing with the biggest other stars. It has to be like the mediocre ones so that they have a shot of being the best of the three. It's very funny. It's very ego driven in my opinion, but ultimately, you know, it just comes down to what Miami can offer in this deal. And I think they have what it takes. Uh, so I would, I would, I would call them the favorite um, and I have to say now, thinking about this Blazers roster, I really don't hate the Jeremy Grant deal a whole ton. I do dislike it. I don't hate it in the sense that now between Simons, Grant, a- and just some of the other young talent they have out there in Portland, and Sharp a big one. I, yeah, I think Henderson. they actually have a decent core around Scoot Henderson to, to, to kick off his development. And, and so I, I'm really not opposed to that grant deal for Portland. So long as they feel they can move it in a couple years down the line, grant now going to be getting the ball a lot more. Um, we know from Detroit, he was not a spectacular number one option landed them back in the top, uh, one of that draft, but you know, I, I do think that he can be a weapon for Henderson.
1: Do you think that the straw that that broke the camel's back was the Blazers not getting Draymond Green? Because I know Dame really wanted Draymond,
0: and Dame he, has wanted Draymond for years. You know that yeah. was never.
1: It, didn't, it had never seemed feasible for the Blazers to get him. It seemed like he was always going back to the Warriors. But it seemed like the timing of this, maybe he was. Not. I was.
0: There was only one team that that you know personally and within NBA circles that people thought maybe had a shot, and that was Sacramento. I don't think anybody seriously considered Portland people kind of knew at the start of this off season um, that the Blazers were going to pretend to go out and get everyone they could. And then when they, Oh, Dame, we tried so hard for you, buddy, but we couldn't get them. guess we have to build around the best point guard prospect in a decade now. Oh no. Like I think, <laughs> I just think it worked out real nice for Portland. Good off. Good for them. I'm curious to see how they pivot. Josh Hart just tweeted out, Hey, Dame Lillard. Um, So even though he's best friends with Jalen Brunson, I think Hart would like them to be a one, two duo. Um, Yeah. I don't think the Knicks are even going to be in that conversation. They'll call and they'll hang up quick. Um, I just think that they're not going to like Portland's asking price, especially because Dame is going to want Miami and I don't see that working out. Let's pivot from here. Now. Let's head elsewhere in this NBA free agency world. Um, You know, we talked about Draymond Green. Is there much for us to say there than just, okay, they're keeping the core together? You know, I'm not sure that there's much of a takeaway there. If either of you have one on the Draymond extension, go ahead. But I'm of the opinion that... Draymond is one of those players whose game will age like wine because it's all skill-based and not based on raw athleticism. And so his high basketball IQ, passing ability, playmaking ability, defensive ability, that will all last um, into his older age. I'm not too scared of father time with this deal. If you guys have any thoughts, go ahead. If not, I don't blame you.
1: (laughs) Uh, My only thought is, you know, good for Draymond, got paid. Um, I'm I'm glad he's going back to the Warriors. I don't really think it would have worked as well if, had he gone to another team, I think he's meant for the Warriors, and the Warriors are meant for him, and he got it back, so good for Draymond.
0: Absolutely. Will, I want to go rapid fire to you on the next player to bring up because as one of our Brooklyn Nets beat reporters here at WFUV Sports, you know about Cameron Johnson, and he's someone yes. who is my player comparison for Brandon Miller, who went number two in this draft. I think Cameron Johnson's very underrated. Um, I always I would him once he hit that bank in three point game winner against the Knicks as someone who would be like a $16 million player down the line. Once he got to Brooklyn, I said, he's touching 20 a year at minimum. Cameron Johnson, $108 million over four years. Will, what does this mean for the Brooklyn Nets?
2: 108 over four years. I love it for this guy. He's uh he's not a superstar, but he averages 15 a game, four rebounds, shoots 47% from the field. He's all that you could ask for in a guy. That uh, you know will have probably a six-man type of role. Whether he gets that five position, he'll be working in and out. But I think the Nets from here are kind of just trying to figure out um, how to work themselves out because getting rid of Harris, building around McHale, um, Finney Smith, they got him still. I don't know exactly how this roster is going to look like when we uh, hit into October. And can but- I just
0: say uh, what what I've heard off the wire? I'll call What's it. Here? Is that- Their asking price for Finney Smith is ridiculous. Like, what is that? They teams call about Dodo and the Nets like get laughed off the phone and hung up on. They seem to really like him. So I think they're comfortable keeping him as part of what they're doing. And I'll add, Will, um, the two prospects the Nets drafted with the 21st (laughs) and 22nd overall picks, but at 21 and 22. Yes. I had those guys 17 and 19 on my big board rankings. So I, I, two, I, I, two I love the draft. value picks for them.
2: I love the draft this year. Um, Noah Clowney, Derek Whitehead, uh, Jalen Wilson falling from uh, what he was supposed to be at the beginning of this year. Uh, that Big 12 is unbelievably packed and stacked. But I think they got a real steal with Wilson here, getting him late in the second round. Um, those two guys, like you said, Clowney and Derrick Whitehead, they're all notable characters in this uh college basketball world that I was so invested in this year. And um, you know, what they can build around these guys, whether they get a lot of PT or not, I think still if you develop and put them around guys like Mikhail and Cam Johnston, who had that kind of uh feeling in the backseat when they got to the Suns, sat behind Chris Paul, sat behind uh guys like De- Devin Booker. Um, If the Nets can just work something out and just develop these young guys, I think they're in good shape for the season. And uh, to to get to Cam Johnson, I think he's going to be one of those leaders that shows these guys how to play. And I think that was a part of the deal kind of too. He's a young guy coming out at uh, North Carolina and he's going to, he's going to show them how it's done and they're not going to get swept again in the freaking playoffs in the first round. Excuse me.
0: Listen, I love it. I, I think, I think you're spot on with that. Two other young players got big deals. Joe, we're gonna turn this into a little game. I like this. We're gonna turn it into a game. Joe, Joe is the contestant of today's game. It's which young player would you rather give their deal? Okay, Joe. So here's what you got to pick. You're building an NBA team. You've got to either take Desmond Bain on a 207 million dollar max extension, five years, or Tyrese Halliburton. Five-year extension worth 260 million. Are you taking Bain at 207? Halliburton at 260? Do you like both deals? Am I am I splitting hairs here? How are you feeling, Joe?
1: Pull on my calculator right here to do 260 divided by five. Not great with math. Oh god, it's so a 52 million for Ty- Tyrese Halliburton. Ah, uh, okay. So are you saying they're starting the team just just one player starting the team?
0: Yeah, you you get one of those guys and you got to sign them to that deal.
1: I'm a big uh, I'm a big Tyrese Halliburton fan. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that. I know it's a lot of money, $52 million, 52 M's. Um, but I mean salary cap is going up. That's how the league is heading. So I feel like in two to three years, it's not a horrible deal given the caliber of the player Tyrese Halliburton is. And I, you know, I think having a facilitating guard is is crucial in this league. And Desmond Bain is a great player. I think he's a great. I don't think anyone is going to argue he can be a first option on a championship team. I just don't think that's the type of player he is. I think he's a great second, third option, Uh, great defense, three-point shooter. just a great glue guy, and he's obviously really talented. His 20-point-per-game score seems like it's going to be like every single year for him. But if I'm starting a franchise, yeah, give me Tyrese Halliburton. I know the contract is a little bit more, but, I mean, that guy can really do it all. He's really efficient, can pass, can play make, can play some defense. He's tall. Uh, Yeah, give me Tyrese Halliburton in this game. Well,
0: how about you? I would go with Desmond Bain. You know, I, I know that um Halliburton has a lot of offensive capability. Um, I, Bain is one of the best shooters in the league. He, he's not just a standstill shooter. He's not just a catch-and-shooter. This guy can shoot coming off of screens, off movement. I I thought he was the best shooter in his draft. In that draft, I got a lot of flack for having him over Aaron Neesmith as the best shooter of the draft. I I stood 10 toes on that because this kid, Des Bain, is really something. And, and listen, he does something that Tyrese Halliburton just simply doesn't, and it's play defense. Play the defensive end of the ball, right? I, I know that's not half the game anymore. Offense is really the priority. But if it's 33% of the game, if it's 40% of the game, you got to weigh it as such. And so for me, the smaller amount of money for who I think is the better player today and will remain the better player going forward is a bargain to me. Um, I don't think this deal is a bargain for Memphis, but I do think it's one they had to sign. And with the cap going up, especially that summer of 2025, when that new media deal kicks in, I can see this Bain contract looking just fine. Halliburton is one of those guys where I can see his next big deal actually being worth this much money. But this is one of those where you've got to give it to him to keep him around to get him for that next deal. Indiana wasn't signing any marquee free agents anyway. So I like the move for them too. just keep their guy around. Okay, we had some smaller trades. The Wizards moving Monte Morris to the Pistons. Not really sure what Detroit's doing. I loved the Marcus Sasser draft pick for them, and they kind of seemed to already be going away from there. Um, let, we talked Brooklyn Nets. Let's talk about the New York Knicks really quick. I was told yesterday morning talks were heating up between the Indiana Pacers and the New York Knicks for Obi Toppin. Uh, a couple hours later at about 2, 3 p.m., Mark Stein reported the same thing. Um And, you know, I kept reaching out and there was no progress on the deal, Um, nothing that I could get from any of my sources regarding any progress made on the deal. Some people saying the deal, you know, it's basically done, but it's not agreed upon in any sense. And I was like, oh, okay, thanks. So some other people, it's nowhere near done. Um, You know, so I I don't think that that deal was necessarily ever done, uh, especially with, them getting Bruce Brown for that amount of money. Sham Sharanya, the Portland Trailblazers have been informed that Damian Lillard wants to trade specifically to the Eastern Conference champion Miami Heat. So Will and I, you know, as we said. <laughs> I, also saw, in- I
1: also saw the Brooklyn Nets in there, Will. So I know that's what Chris Haynes was reporting. That the, that's the other preferred destination. I don't know if we talked about that, but that could be interesting for sure. I don't know if they have the answer. Yeah, I, d- I doubt it.
0: <laughs> yeah, he didn't even list the Sixers, just the Heat and the Nets. Oh.
1: I yep. mean, Chris Haynes is like literally the dame source. Stop he is that. the
0: dame source. So. i
1: with that. Yeah, uh, that's interesting.
0: So, yeah, you know. anyway. Um, listen, I not not necessarily wowed by anything going on there. Um, the Lakers made a bunch of moves. They kept Rui Hachimura on a three year 51 they got Cam Reddish on a 2-year deal for a very low AAV. Um, they also got Gabe Vincent for 11 million dollars a year, which I feel like is a good deal for them. Um, and then they they got Jackson Hayes. I, I assume to replace Mobamba. Um, but I think Mobamba wants to stay with the Lakers, so we'll see what happens. But Jackson Hayes not really good for his chances there. Kristaps Porzingis signed an extension Lakers Celtics rivalry and i'm bringing this up for a reason we've got these new look lakers we, they've still got lebron and ad d'angelo russell kind of i you know doesn't seem like he'll be back there um you know brooklyn fans know well that he's good for getting you to the first round of the playoffs he can help you out in a lot of different ways but once the the, the going gets tough um delo is not someone reliable uh so it, in, in a max player sense. So you've got the Lakers now. They might keep Russell, um, but they got Hayes. They they kept Hachimura. They're projecting to keep Austin Reeves. This Lakers team, and I want both of you to answer this one. We're going to go to Will first, though. And you look at the Celtics acquiring Kristaps Porzingis, the best stretch five in the NBA, the real shooting center of the NBA. Which one of these teams is better now going into next season?
2: I'd say the Celtics have to be better. They take the cake and all the odds on FanDuel and DraftKings, I know, to win outright this year. Um, I do I do see the Lakers maybe making a run, but I don't think that anything's long-term considering the whole Bronny fiasco. Um, I think building around LeBron right now is not exactly uh, their number one priority, and I think that they're getting Hachimura back. Um they just signed uh didn't they just sign uh cam jo- cam reddish
0: yep they got reddish Mora, bees and, Laura, um, Hatties, and I, vincent
2: right right vincent too uh i think that they're trying to get these guys to feel them out and see what they can make of the season i don't think that they're running for anything this season i think lebron has kind of showed interest in other teams that he he's not here for the long haul the lakers was just a nice stop on his uh his his tour of being the best player of all time and there's there's uh there's I don't think there's anything going on in uh in LA like Brian Windhurst uh but the opposite I, there's there's nothing what nothing's going on in LA um but I do think that the Celtics Celtics are the Celtics after all but I do think that they have a better chance of making it deeper than the Lakers this year at least according to the odds I'm going to stick by the odds I'm a math guy
0: what just reported the Clippers will also have interest in exploring trades ha he so Lillard asked for out to either the heat or the nets, but Woj says the heat Clippers and Sixers are the teams that will be reaching out with trades. Um, so it looks like Brooklyn, you know, they're happy with Dennis Smith jr. Now at point guard, um, God bless. And I think that, uh, you know, the Clippers are going to try for Lillard. They won't get him. I do think they, they will then get hardened. Um, so we'll see how that works. But yeah, Kyle Kuzma. Joe, I just want to go to you on Kyle Kuzma. I, you know, I, I'm cutting straight. I'm, I'm, I'm cutting to that part of this because I, I need to hear your thoughts. Your Washington Wizards, um, what's going on? Do you like it? Do you like the they're committing to being bad, but maybe not terrible going forward. Like they are, do you see it that way? Do you think now they're going to be too good for the good draft slot? How are you feeling about this?
1: Okay. So at first when I saw it, I was a little confused and then I've kind of sat on it, slept on it. And now I, I really, I'm, I'm not mad at it. I get the mindset that, Oh, this is kind of going back to where the Witchers have been for the last decade of just being mid um, but I don't think Kyle Kuzma really gets you there. I think they're looking at this as an asset uh, and they're controlling an asset that they didn't want to lose for nothing. So they get him on a reasonably fair deal. I know he was asking for around 30 million going into free agencies to so 25 and a half. Isn't, isn't too bad. And new TV deal, new salary cap. It won't be too bad in a couple of years. I mean, I kind of at, look at this as a John Collins side contract, but I think Kyle Kuzma is a better player than John Collins. Um, So I'm really not mad at it, because if you're looking at it from the Wizards perspective, probably what's going to happen is he won't be on the team in three years. He's going to increase his value year by year, and maybe in the second year of the contract, they can flip him for a first round pick or, you know, some young assets. I don't really think this is a, oh, this is our new one, two punch for the future. Jordan Poole and Kyle Kuzma. Like, I don't really think that's the direction they're going in. And also, when you look at this draft class, we're going from one of the strongest draft classes we've ever seen to one of the weakest we've ever seen in the 2024 draft. And I don't really think in any uh, draft you need to have the number one pick uh, to, to, you know, get a, get a great player. I mean, we're seeing all these Desmond Bain, Tyrese Halliburton, late picks in the first round. You don't really need, you know, that top, top-end lottery pick. So I don't think bottoming, bottoming out, letting Kuzma go for nothing and being the worst team in the league is necessarily the only way to rebuild a roster. So, you know, I think it's definitely going to be exciting watching Kyle Kuzma and Jordan Poole. Uh, compete for the last shot and uh who can who can get up to 30 shots in a game first but you know i I think it's a fair deal for the wizards a great deal for kuzma and uh i i would be surprised if he's still in the wizards in two and a half years i'll say that
0: yeah i just think it's so important with this new cba to have contracts of different sizes to move you know free agency not really a big thing anymore it's more about the trades right so Unless you're re-signing a guy. And we had some big re-signings. Wow. Another great transition for me. Um, You have the Cavs retaining Karis LeVert. I don't think that's news. But they did get Max Struess. Now the wing core is a little bolstered. But it's another smaller wing that's not a top-tier defender. I just... Cleveland, that was a sunk cost fallacy type of signing for Cleveland. They already went so in on Garland and Mitchell that now they're doing this to, to help out. Um, that's not much to talk about, in my opinion. The two re-signings I wanted to talk about, Chris Middleton and Kyrie Irving staying with the Bucks and Mavericks. Middleton signing three years, $102 million. Irving signing, I want to say... Um, they went three years for him as well, but I can't remember off yeah, the top of my three head. Years with the 126. Option. Three years, yeah. 126 for him. How are you guys feeling about both of these re-signings? Joe, let's start with you.
1: I mean, so the Kyrie one is really interesting to me um, because, I don't know, man. I mean, it didn't really, didn't really work for Dallas. I mean, they were a playoff team when they traded for him and then they traded for him and they were not a playoff team. Um, so I, I I don't know if it's the same situation where Dallas didn't want to lose him for nothing, but, or there wasn't a better option out there. I mean, you saw what Fred Van Fleet got and I'd rather have Kyrie at that price and Fred Van Fleet at that price. Um, but I don't know. I don't really know if I love Dallas's roster. I don't know if it's good enough really to compete, uh, in that Western conference, uh, But I mean, at the end of the day, like continuity does win rings. So I am hopeful that maybe Luca, Kyrie, another year at this point, another two to three years, it's looking like maybe they can figure it out. I mean, they're so talented to the point where, you know, it it has to work. I mean, Dallas cannot let another generational talent and fail to build around him like they did with Dirk outside of that 2011. Um, They, they, you know, they have to be able to keep Luca. So I guess this is probably their their plan to do that. But, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not hating on it, but you know, it's Kyrie is always a wild card. So you never really know if he's going to demand a trade next offseason. So we'll see how that goes. But, and then with, you know, Cleveland, uh, I'm, I'm a fan of their moves. Uh, they've gotten shooters. Uh, they brought back characters, as you talked about. And then they also got George's Niang um, and Max Struz. So they're, they're putting shooters around that team. And, you know, I think the East is relatively wide open um, and, you know, I'm a fan. Uh, they obviously could have used some of that shooting against the Knicks, uh, as we all saw. They were horrendous from behind the arc. So, you know, I'm I'm a fan of the moves they're making for sure.
0: Will, I got two forwards that made some decent money. Wings, really, wing slash forward, but they're small forwards, but not actually small. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, we got Herb Jones and we got Bruce Brown. These guys both touched some bags yesterday. Bruce Brown getting 22.5 million a year, but the second year is a team option. So it really might just be a one-year deal for $23 million, which I would I would personally really like for Indiana. Um, if it was two years guaranteed, I did not like that. One year, you got to weaponize your cap space. Get someone if you got to get someone, right? Um, and then you had uh the other contract signed, which was Herb Jones remaining with the Pelicans they lock him up four year 54 million. How are you feeling about these two? Will?
2: Yeah, I mean these are some good role players. I mean, you could tell this is our conversation right now. We're so early into free agency season, but um yeah, I mean I never <laughs> I never was uh too big of a Herb Jones fan, but there's there's definitely a good talk around him being a good uh good good asset in a in a team that wants to build something right now. So that's uh that's about the extent that I that I can speak on Herb Jones at the moment. And um yeah so wait who was the who was the other one you said Chris? Sorry. There's so many uh, guys I know so it Jones. was Herb
0: Jones who got locked Herb. up and um the other big signing was Bruce Brown for Indiana. Bruce
2: Brown. Right. Bruce Brown Indiana. Yeah I think Indiana is definitely um just kind of sitting back and letting Tyrese Halliburton run the show a bit. It doesn't seem like they're um, too antsy to get anybody this off season. So I think that when I see, when I saw them play against the Knicks, they, they always against the, uh, against the Nets. They always put up a good fight, but they were never uh, necessarily favored or anything like that, but they're, they're, they're good for what they have. I'd rather have low expectations and have a, have a mid team than a, huge expectations and you know be a bad team so I, I i like what the pacers are doing they're trying to build people around it bruce brown obviously that championship experience he'll he'll uh hopefully shed some light on uh some of the guys on that pacers roster and hope for a better season than, the, than last for the for the for indiana chris I,
1: chris I got a question for you real quick Let's hear it. one name we haven't talked about and i i keep on looking at Twitter's to make sure he hasn't signed yet because everything seems to be happening right now As the is pretty funny where do you think dylan brooks goes
0: so you know everyone thinks everyone everyone thinks houston but i was told last night houston does not have him locked up by any means um that's not some foregone conclusion you know I, i really do think houston is waiting on brooke lopez um if brooke lopez doesn't sign with them then they might throw that money at dylan brooks and if they can't get Brooks, which because I've heard they don't have him locked up, then I think at that point they might go for a Dante DiVincenzo, someone like that. Um, I, I just don't know where else there is a large market for Dylan Brooks. There's always contending teams that should be interested in him. Would he take a minimum to go to Miami?
1: What about the Lakers? I don't know if I'm reading.
0: Like That's a favorite. redemption story. You got you got Dame, Butler, and Autobio in the starting lineup. Kevin Love or Caleb Martin out there for, for size. And, and then you go, you know, not with Hero, obviously, um, but you go with someone else at the two and, and off the bench, you play Brooks. Do you start Brooks at the two and just make him be a defensive doggity dog? You know, I, I just, I think Miami would be my best guess if Houston doesn't get him.
1: I saw, I saw, a, uh might've been like one of those fake NBA Central Twitter accounts, but I saw uh, that the Lakers were going to meet with him. I mean, I guess now with all their moves that they've made, I don't even know if they have the salary cap. I guess they're they shifted their focus to to Austin Reeves, but is that even a remote possibility? Because that would be insane, in my opinion.
0: Um, he has already met with the Lakers, but because that's they right. because they signed Gabe Vincent, that's that 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 was that salary slot that eleven million a year. That was that. I so see, I can yeah. see Brooks getting fourteen from a team like Houston, eighteen a year from a team like Houston, somewhere around there. Um, but yeah.
1: Under no circumstances, though, is he going back to Memphis. Under no circumstances.
0: <laughs> they are weird for how they handle that. Um, so yeah. Anyway, that is all of the signings I can think of besides Jakob Purtle, which I really am not motivated to break down and analyze, boys. I'm just not. Um, I think the Raptors don't have a direction. They held on to Ananobi for too long. Now his trade value has dropped. They have to resign Siakam or else they wasted his whole extension. Um, They lost Van Vliet. So they bring in Schroeder. I like the move, especially because with bringing back Gary Trent Jr. Drafting Grady Dick, they have more shooting now. So Schroeder able to drive and kick out to some of these shooters. But I don't really get what they're doing. I don't get what the plan is. I, I don't get what kind of team they want to be. It feels like they're playing my league and just keeping themselves afloat which is fine. Keeping yourself afloat is fine. But if you're going to withhold Scotty Barnes and trade discussions for Kevin Durant, then you need to be building something. And I don't see it. I just see a, a, an uninspiring sequence of moves. So unless one of you guys thinks, you know, what Toronto's plan is, what they're up to, that's it for me.
1: I mean, I, I guess I have one more thing we could talk about. And you mentioned building. Absolutely. What do you, what do you think about what the Suns are doing? I mean, it seems like.
0: I thought they killed it. Yeah, Eason. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. I thought they killed it. I was, you know, I didn't bring them up in this show because I believe they have more moves coming. Um, I don't think they found the suitor they wanted for Aiton. So he will survive another season there in Phoenix. Keita Bates-Diop for that deal they got him for is it, just a fantastic signing. I think Drew Eubanks is like legit good. Um that was a good signing for them, and I I think that um, when you look at just how these guys are going to fit with the stars, I love it. The best signing to me, though, aside from KBD, was, was Josh Okogie. He is there. I've said it a million times on this show. He is their Bruce Brown. He is their Josh Hart. He is their Dante DiVincenzo. He's that guy for that team, and he does a great job at being a star in his role for them. Those are guys that you win championships with. Aiden concerns me because he's not a star in his role. He plays a role bigger than how good he is and therefore does not exceed expectations. He he fails to meet them, and that's just setting yourself up for failure. I think Phoenix should really try looking more into moving him even if they, they don't get something good back. I think it'd be worth it. But other than that, I love what they're doing. I I think when you have as little cap space and and as few assets as they do after making all those moves for stars, you got to you got to shop the gutters. You know, Um, I just imagine Beal, Booker, Bridges, Johnson, Lopez, who they could have offered the money that they're giving to Durant like half of it and then actual depth schroeder coming off the bench you know like they could have really done something there and and i think they they messed up going all in on durant before making this next move i like the beal move especially i think him and booker are going to be a really they remind me of like two vipers just just attacking at the defense just boom 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 one two but really tough with the depth there we saw the teams that won this year denver miami Boston, uh, Los Angeles Lakers. These teams all had great depth. That was the story of the year for them. So we'll see how this all ages. Will, any final takes or predictions for the rest of free agency. You've got 10 seconds.
2: Uh, I mean, I hope that somebody can come to the next. I mean, that's a pretty inf- infantile Uh slogan. they're
0: they, They're going to try for DiVincenzo. We'll see what happens. Okay, great.
2: Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. So that'll all be right. that,
0: They'll probably move <laughs> probably moved top into Indiana to free up the minutes and, and sign even Chenzo. I've heard the Knicks are in a tough spot with the top and deal, but not to leave that at the door, but that is going to wrap it up for us today here on pick and pod. Thank you for listening for Will Grant, for Joe masters. I'm Chris Percian and reminding you that pick and pod is a production of WFUV sports.